September 22nd. Let's Talk is the devotional podcast ministry of Bible Fellowship Church, and it's designed to give you some spiritual truths to consider every day, Monday through Friday. You're probably familiar with the expression, I had to pinch myself to see if I was dreaming. We feel like that sometimes, don't we? When something so wonderful happens that you can hardly believe it's true, and you have to ask yourself, is this real or am I dreaming? Today we're looking at Psalm 126. This is the seventh Song of Ascent, and we find just that same sense of wonder in the opening verses. Psalm 126 says this, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. What a sense of joy we find in the first half of this psalm. In the first three verses, we find a bright picture of remembering and rejoicing in God's work of restoration. The psalmist said it was so wonderful that it was like they were dreaming and they were laughing and shouting for joy. Outsiders even noticed what God had done. Then in verse 4, everything seems to change. The rejoicing changes abruptly to a prayer, a prayer of supplication, asking the Lord to restore the fortune they had once known. In other words, they were asking the Lord to do it again to bring back what had brought them so much joy. This is followed by a series of verses rich in imagery, all pictures of transformation, arid Negev turning to streams, tears changing to joy, seeds sown that result in an abundant harvest. So what's going on here? We're not told the name of the psalmist, the exact time frame, or even the restoration referenced, but... That simply enhances the fact that this psalm is full of timeless lessons, the most obvious of which is this. God is in the business of restoration. Whether the restoration needed is spiritual, emotional, or material, ultimately, only God is sufficient for genuine restoration to take place. We see examples of this all through Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation. God is in the business of restoring primarily restoring our personal relationship with Him. This lesson has several important implications. First, we must recognize our neediness. Now that may seem obvious, but it's quite possible for neglect and loss to happen so gradually that we don't recognize the depth of our need until we're in way over our head. We've all probably experienced something of this with a relationship perhaps even your relationship with God. What once was sweet and alive gradually becomes distant until one day you wonder, how did I get here and how can it ever be restored? Another implication is that we must know that we are inadequate in ourselves to fix the problem. In other words, we must come to the point of realizing our need for God to do the work of restoration. Accepting that fact requires submitting to his timetable and then waiting, cooperating with him, 
and trusting him to do the work as he pleases, just as a farmer waits for the seeds planted to sprout and then produce a harvest. These are quite possibly some of the most valuable life lessons we can ever learn. I have a problem. Something is broken. I can't fix it. But I know who is able. It's God. In fact, God alone is sufficient for the task. It may look like a troubled marriage or the pain of a child walking away from the faith or the grief that comes when we lose someone we love deeply or simply realizing you don't have the joy you once had or prayers that seem to go unanswered and you just can't figure out why God is taking so long to respond. So what's next? The psalmist shows us. He says, look to God, call out to him and ask him to restore what's been lost. But this comes with a strong warning. Don't be surprised if there are tears, long periods of waiting, and moments when life seems like a desert before the restoration is realized. Now, why would that be? Because often this is what it takes for us to learn this most important principle. Only God is able to bring genuine restoration and it will be on his timetable. He's still in the business of restoration, but we also know that God wastes no opportunity. While the primary goal in our minds might be restoration, God is at work doing so much more. So let's be careful not to miss the secondary lessons he has for us as we learn how to cooperate and let him supervise the restoration projects in our lives. This requires knowing that God can be trusted and accepting the way he chooses to complete the project, no matter how long it may take. It also means being sure to follow the example we see in the first three verses of the psalm and rejoice over the things God is teaching us in the process. Shout for joy, rejoice in the Lord, and be sure the watching world knows what great things God is doing. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you're in the business of restoration. Thank you for providing the means so that our relationship with you can be restored. Thank you for the mighty work you do in lives every day. Help us to cooperate and trust you to always do what's for your glory and our good. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today for Let's Talk. Remember, come what may, God is still in the business of restoration. Restoration.